Hey there, and welcome to Camera Dads, episode number six. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Phil Ringsmooth, and across the internet with me, as usual, is my brother and co-host, Simon. How are you doing, Simon? Hi, Phil, and hi, listeners. I can't believe we've already gone. This is our sixth episode. That's pretty awesome, Phil. Way to go. I've been doing this for half a year now. That's that's mm-hmm. crazy. It's a lot of fun. It is. It's a lot it, of fun. I like what we're doing. I sure do, and uh, we, I think we got a good topic tonight, and I think it'll be a good discussion. Hope our listeners like it as well. Phil, what's the topic? So tonight we're talking about the two big types of lenses that it comes to shooting with DSLRs. You have prime lenses and you have zoom lenses. There's some other terms that get thrown around and, and we'll try to hit on those too, but essentially those are the two um, main categories of lenses. So we'll kind of break those down and talk about what we use them for, uh, what what each is good for, and how each of us makes use of them. So Simon, can you go ahead and, and talk about... In, in, in sort of a couple of minutes, what is a prime lens and what is a zoom lens? What do these terms mean for someone who might just be getting started with with this kind of thing? You know, that's a good question, Phil. And I had no idea what these meant when I started getting more serious about digital photography. And as a teaser, by the way, you we will make some recommendations near the end. So if you want to, uh, if you want to stick around to the end and hear what we have to say as far as what we think you should get or some some good types of lenses to get we will be doing that but yes a uh, good question phil what is a prime lens so um uh, a, a prime just means that a, the lens is fixed in terms of its focal length it can't zoom in and out and that seems like a huge restriction because pretty much every camera today can zoom in and out you can buy a pocket camera that zooms in and out uh, so why on earth would you want a lens for a fancy DSLR that can't zoom in and out. Um, and that's that's the big question. Why would you get one of these lenses, <laughs> a prime lens? Um, so that that's a prime and a zoom lens is just a lens that does zoom in and out. And really uh, pretty much all camera lenses fall into one of those two categories, prime or zoom. So that's what we're gonna talk about. If you about. remember listening, if you remember last week's show at all, uh, one of the things that I touched on was that when I got started with, with digital photography, I essentially bought the camera with the longest zoom I could find. And I didn't know what a prime lens was. And when you began to educate me a bit more and we started talking about prime lenses, I kind of sat in the camp of why would I want that? Exactly what you were just saying. <laughs> why would I want a lens that doesn't zoom what good is that going to do me? You know, Phil, it's funny no. you mention that um, because I went through the same process. I thought uh, when I got more serious into digital photography, I thought I need a zoom lens because zoom lenses must be good. And the more you can zoom in, the better the camera is. And I, I had the well, same thought process. Certainly a misnomer once you get into things because zooming, the ability to zoom does not equate to getting better photos. I think that's something that I, I certainly used to think that for sure. Um, I would get a camera with the longest uh, optical zoom that I could find and hoping, just sort of anticipating that the photos would be better, that I could take cooler photos, I could take long distance photos and things like that. Well, it turns out that that wasn't always the case. And a lot of times I was disappointed with what I actually ended up getting when I thought that I would be getting something really cool. You know, I think what you're saying is uh, that experience mirrors that of a lot of people in our position, parents 
who want to get uh, more serious about photography, mobile phone just isn't quite cutting it. And so they look for a better camera. And that's what I got um, in, I think, 2011. My wife and I got a little Panasonic ZS7 pocket camera. And one of the big selling points for me was it had a 12x optical zoom. I thought, this is awesome. Um, we're going to take, we're going to finally be able to take good photos. And it worked great on a trip to Washington, D.C. before our son was born. But then once our son showed up, boy, we were not satisfied with the quality of the photos. And I had no idea why, because we spent a couple hundred dollars on this, what I thought was a really nice pocket camera. And honestly, it, it, it is a nice pocket camera if you know its limitations. But yeah, the lens zoomed. So why weren't my photos good? And you're exactly right. Longer zoom doesn't necessarily mean better photos. Um, why, why, why would you buy a prime lens? What, what's the advantage of a, of a prime lens that can't zoom in and out? There must be something, right? Oh, well, that's a, I bought a prime lens because you told me to. Oh man. (laughs) Well, gosh, thanks, Phil. But, um, I'll try to answer this as best as I can. And then you can maybe fill in some of the, some of the blanks or things that I don't quite get right. But uh, the, the biggest advantage for me in getting a prime lens is the aperture that you can get with it. Whoa, slow Uh, down. What is an aperture? (laughs) What are you talking about? Aperture science. Oh, like in the portal video games. Okay. Got it now. I'm it's, a, it's right. a thing for Portal. I'm, on, I'm yeah. on board. No, um, aperture is the amount of light that can come in through the opening. Am I am I saying that right? I'm, sort of. Um, it, you're, you're, I don't want to confuse you're right. anybody because I. So it it's it's like if you're if if it's raining out and you've got um, a, a a funnel like a, a funnel with a. a 10 inch opening like the size of a dinner plate versus a funnel with a small opening the funnel with the big opening is going to let in more water and the aperture simply refers to the size of the opening and in a prime lens you can let in a ton more light it's like putting a a bucket out in the rain with a massive opening or massive funnel on top you're going to collect more rain that way just like a, a lens with a massive aperture can let in more light and that has so so what, yeah what what good is that for you know someone just getting started with this you know or someone who doesn't really understand the difference you know what does it mean when i am letting in more light but i still can't zoom well with the, that lens you know yeah, that's a good i guess question. what does because that's one of the biggest differences between Prime lenses, zoom lenses, is prime lens, um, they, is it that they have a fixed aperture mm-hmm. or that they have a, um, well, they, a, they, they have a wider, a bigger, they have a fixed focal length and a wider, wider maximum aperture. They can go small. You so can, that, you that can size choose... of your bucket can get much larger, much larger yeah. on a prime than it can on a zoom lens. Yeah. So, but what does that really do for me? when I'm trying to actually, you know, what all I want to do is get a good photo. You know, what, what really is 
the advantage of getting in all of that light when I can't zoom. Okay. And then when I can zoom, if I have a zoom lens, like what probably comes with your DSLR out of the box, but it doesn't let in as much light. Why, why is that such a limitation? So th these are good questions, Phil. Um, photography, like a lot of things in life, is all about trade-offs. And when you get a lens that zooms in and out, one of the trade-offs is due to the, the optical properties of how the light is manipulated inside the lens, when you start zooming in and out, you lose the ability to let in a ton of light. And it, it's just a, 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 it's a matter of physics. Lenses that zoom in and out have smaller apertures because of the way that they, that, that the elements inside the lens, the glass elements are moving back and forth. Unless you spend thousands of dollars on a crazy expensive zoom lens that does have a, a large maximum aperture but most most people most parents who want to get better family photos won't be doing that at least not for a little while so the lens that comes with most cameras is uh, the the standard basic lens like you go to target best buy you buy a camera it probably comes with what's called a kit lens uh, and, and it'll say 18 to 55 on the side and that means it it zooms out to 18 millimeters and we can get into what that exactly means, but basically it zooms out <laughs> to really wide so you can stand in a room and, and get a picture of the whole room. Or it will zoom into about 50 or 55 millimeters, which means it's more narrow and you, you can kind of zoom in on just one person in the room. But there's also some other numbers on that lens and it's gonna say 3.5 to 5.6. What those numbers mean is when it's you're, you're you're talking about the focal length now. I, I'm I'm right? talking about the the focal length is 18 to 55. So a focal length of 18 millimeters is zoomed way out. Focal length of 55 millimeters is, is kind of zoomed out. F F doesn't. I'm thinking the F. The yes, F, the F stop. The F, F stop. F does not mean focal length, and that's something that's, that confused me for a long time. No, it I is know called F stop, and that's that's the number that you're talking about where it says something like. Um, 3.6 to 5 point something. Or, yeah, and, and no, this uh, is this is all super confusing. And it's why a lot of people don't get it. And I don't blame you. I, I didn't get it. It took me a long time to understand this. Um, but the, 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 the standard kit lens, this 18 to 55 millimeter lens that comes with the cameras, the bottom line is it doesn't let in much light. And you the, the trade-off is you get to zoom a little bit. But the disadvantage is you end up using that little pop-up flash a lot because when you're zoomed out to 18 millimeters, the biggest possible aperture you can get is, ready for this? Are you ready, Phil? Hit me. Uh, F. Hit me, I'm ready. F3.5. F3.5. That number probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but a couple it, of years ago, that wouldn't have meant anything, no. Um, it, it basically means you you have a smaller aperture the thing with with these numbers it's it's reversed if your number is small like f 2.8 f 1.8 the smaller the number the bigger the aperture that's actually in, in, in kind of what we're talking about that's better as far yes. as getting in more light because that number isn't bigger is better it's actually a ratio mm -hmm. meaning the closer you are to 1.0 
the more light you're going to get in yeah bingo. through that opening. exactly exactly so and and that's going to the amount of light is really going to d- determine how good your photos actually look mm-hmm. so the difference let's let's kind of talk about a comparison here between the starting point for a lot of people is going to be the kit lens that comes with your that comes with your camera yeah you yeah. know the 18 to 55 mm-hmm. and a starting point the first step then with a prime lens might be uh a 35 millimeter or a 55 millimeter mm-hmm. those are mm-hmm. two pretty common places to get your mm-hmm. first prime lens mm-hmm. and let's go with the situation of your kid's birthday party and you're just at home well one of the things right off the bat that you'll be able to do with that kit lens that's going to be much more difficult with the prime lens is just take a picture of the entire room. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because you can zoom out and you've got uh, the, the term is escaping me, but you can capture a much wider area yep. of, of the room. Yeah. You zoom out to 18 are, millimeters and you can capture the whole room and it's awesome. Yeah. And odds are you're just doing a kid's birthday party at home. You're going to have plenty of light anyway. Yeah, unless yeah. you're, you know, in the, in the, in that particular situation, if you're talking about a picture of the kid blowing out the birthday candles and the lights are out, that's a photo that's going to be really difficult to get with a kit lens mm-hmm. because it's going to be so dark. It's going to be when you, when you take the shot and look at it later, it's going to be grainy, um, which is something that ISO is all about, but I don't think probably yeah, that's a whole other podcast. ISO tonight, but you know, you can adjust ISO settings to kind of compensate for some of that. But if you took the same photo of your kid blowing out the birthday candles, uh, what I'm envisioning is in my head here is, you know, you're really close to the cake and the kid's face is taking up most of the photo and you just want that. Oh yeah. I know. I know right? that, that moment that, that, yeah. that the candles are going around. That is a near impossible photo to get with a kit lens and do it well mm-hmm. because it, it's going to be dark. Uh, there's going to be a lot of motion in the flames and in the smoke. But if you try to do that with a prime lens and you, you get yourself in the right position, that's the key difference is you have to physically move yourself back and forth to find the right position. You can't zoom. Yeah. With that and, and, prime lens. and it's all about, but you're going to get, go, no, go ahead. Let me finish that it's real quick. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get, a much not necessarily just right off the bat but you have the ability with that prime lens to take a much better version of that same photo because mm-hmm. you can let it so much more light the light that you've got coming from the candles is going to do a lot more good than it would with the kit lens you're going to be able to get that tack sharp focus of just the candle flames you know and maybe if you want your kid a little bit blurry behind there uh, you can have so much more control over that with the prime lens because you can control the aperture a lot more than you can with that kit lens. Yeah, that's but the-, the flip side of that same coin is you can't take a full room photo unless you've got a huge <laughs> long room. You can't stand at one end of the room with a prime lens and take a picture of you know the kid and all of his friends standing on the back wall. You're, you're going to be backed against the other side of the room not being able to step back any farther mm-hmm. and you're not going to get all of them in, in there. Unless you have a super wide angle prime lens, like a 24 millimeter prime lens. But 
most people don't. Those are pretty expensive and kind of a limited use use case there. Um, but you you brought up a key word, Phil, which is control. Um, the the reason a kit lens won't get you that photo of uh, that tack sharp photo of your kid blowing out the candles is because it simply does not have the ability to let in much light because of the way the 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 optical trade-off when you want to zoom in and out you lose a larger aperture you end up with a smaller aperture especially if you're zoomed way in if you're if you're zoomed in as far as your lens can go then you're going to have a, a a really small aperture and that means your camera's going to have to do something to compensate most of the time that involves leaving the shutter open for a longer period of time which results in a blurry photo because if you we all have we all know how fast kids move if i let my shutter open for a half a second even like a tenth of a second your kid's going to move a lot in one tenth of a second but your camera needs to let the shutter stay open because the aperture is so small and you're not letting in much light but if you get a prime lens so the, go ahead is the, is the the way to compensate for that in that case would be this is kind of a question actually too with a prime lens in one thirtieth of a second because the aperture can be so much larger in that one thirtieth of a second it would take me I'm just making something up here, uh, a tenth of a second or a quarter of a second to get the same amount of light in mm-hmm. it, in an equivalent sort of manner using a kit lens because the opening is so much smaller. No, that's exactly right. And you can actually do is, the math. Is that about this. right? Yeah, you, you can run the math on this. And um, it, if we get really complicated into F stops, um, every stop of light is half as much light as the stop before it and all that. So you could, you can run the math and let's say you, you get a really nice uh, picture of your kid um, and you take it at one thirtieth of a second and you're shooting your prime lens um, with a really wide aperture. Well, on a, on a, on a a kit lens or a zooming lens, you're going to need to let that shutter open for like a 10th or a fifth of a second, which is really, really slow. Or, you can do what I see a lot of times, which is you get ready to take that photo and that little flash at the top of your camera goes. And that the reason. Which is kind of like a big red flag that you and I kind of cringe at seeing that happen. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do. (laughs) Because Uh, we know it's just going to wash out everything in the photo. Yeah. But as a default for a lot of people just getting started, I mean, I used to do exactly the same thing. I've got thousands of photos that I just took with the flash because that's why I thought it was done. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's totally common. They're just they're all washed out and they don't look good. But and, and you know, I didn't know what I was doing, and so I thought, those... okay, well, you're going to use the flash to get a bunch of light in there, and that's going to take care of that problem. Mm-hmm. And and it goes back to those trade offs. It photography is all about capturing light. I mean, like you can go back a hundred years, and it's the entire history of photography is all about capturing light. And if you don't have enough light, you got to do something. Either let your shutter open for longer or put more light in there with a little pop-up flash. Or you can get really complicated, raise the ISO and things like that. But um, our whole discussion of prime lens versus zoom lens, the trade-off you get 
with a zoom lens is you get these smaller apertures, which means you can't let in as much light, which if you're a parent out there and you want to know why that flash keeps popping up on your camera, it's because you're probably using a, a zoom lens of some kind and you, you, you don't have enough light. So your camera has to add more light with that little pop-up flash. And then you get what you're talking about. The photos are kind of washed out and maybe your, your, your kid is all uh, kind of well lit, but everyone behind is kind of shadowy and dark because the flash can't reach that far. So you get these, these trade-offs again. Um, but if you get a prime lens, like a 35 millimeter or 50 millimeter prime lens, then you have to use your feet to walk back and forth. And if you're at that birthday party, you're going to be like, you can cancel your gym membership because you're going to spend that whole party huffing and puffing as you're running around trying to get these photos because you can't just zoom in and out. And so I, I think, Phil, I'm going to go on a limb here. I, I, I think we would both say that neither type of lens is better. It, it, they're just different types of lenses and, and they both have their places and they're, they're good for different things. Is that what you would say? Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. Neither one is better. So the idea isn't necessarily prime lens versus zoom lens. It's just they each have their their advantages and their disadvantages. And the one, one thing I think was interesting, and this actually ties in with our last episode about vacation photography. This year, because you and I just took a family vacation with uh, our extended family and all of our kids and stuff at a lake, um, just a cabin on, on a lake for about three days. Mm -hmm. And I spent, gosh, like 80% of my photos from that trip were taken with my kit lens. I even was though surprised I by that. Brought, I didn't realize I brought that. everything with. I brought, mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of, I was happy when you were surprised by that. After looking some, through some of my photos, you mm -hmm. were. Yeah. I, I was looking through Phil's photos and I was like, oh man, I, I bet I can figure this one out. And I would text <laughs> Phil. I'm like, oh, you shot this with your 35. And he's like, nope, that was my kit lens. <laughs> oh man. All right. So I'd look through another one. Oh, clearly this one, you'd see the shallow depth of field. This one had to be your 35. And he'd be like, nope, kit lens. <laughs> and I was like, man, I yep. don't even have a kit Almost lens. All kit the I got to get but, me one of those. Well, a lot of what 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 you were looking at, Simon, was outdoor photos in the middle of the day yep. on the beach, tons of sunlight. You know, yeah. you can't get any more light than what we had. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. I didn't necessarily need to have the prime lens for the purpose of having enough light to get that good mm -hmm. photo. So I, I just brought the kit lens with me and I was able to position myself, you know, to get just enough needed you know to get the photo that i wanted without having to move back and forth or zoom with your feet as it's commonly called yeah yeah, yeah. and and so that i mean and you're right i mean if i was very surprised how well i did with that with the kit lens at the at the lake this year and if you've got a, a situation where there's a ton of light then a kit lens is great because you don't need to worry about not having enough of it um it's when the sun goes down and you're at the beach with your kids and you're like you can see the sun on the horizon or um, you're inside um, with your family or something. Or if you've got a, a small child and, and you don't want to be flashing that, that, that camera flash in your baby's eyes. I mean, my, my friend, um, my friends here in town just have a newborn. He's like less than a week old and they don't want to be 
blinding their their little baby with the camera flash all the time. Those situations are when it's fantastic to have a prime lens because you can take these these pictures in such low light by letting in so much more light compared to what you might be used to on a prime lens. And if you if you look at the the f numbers, we mentioned f stop of on a kit lens, it's like 3.5 to 5.6. On a 35 millimeter, millimeter prime lens, which by the way is what I recommend to, to pretty much anyone who's gonna get into photography is a 35 millimeter prime lens. On a lens like that, it's really common to have an F 1.8 aperture. And as Phil, as you mentioned before, the closer to one you get, the bigger the opening gets. F 1.8 is massive. You can take pictures with like candlelight and you don't need a flash. I mean, it's it's crazy what you this this whole amount of 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 uh, photography possibilities opens up that was never there before, and you have so much more control, like you mentioned, over your photos because you can you can decide how much light to let in when you're using your lens. Yeah, I remember when I first bought my 35 millimeter prime at, at your recommendation, it was, gosh, it was the day before my son's fifth birthday party, which we were having at a bowling alley. And I thought that a bowling alley wasn't going to be su supremely well lit. Mm -hmm. um, it's often the case that bowling alleys are not you know, super bright, um, especially if you're there later in the evening, you know, they're, they're a darker place. And so I was able to use that 35 millimeter prime to get a lot better shots, but I was doing a ton of zooming with my feet. Yeah. And that's um, it's always that trade off. But I'm thinking back to the, you know, the vacation situation and some other situations on the exact same trip where it would be really difficult to get a good photo with the kit lens like I was using would be a campfire. Mm -hmm. Once you're having a campfire in the middle of the day, <laughs> you're, you know, it's, it's dusk, which, well, you know, crazy grandpa sitting by the fire all day, but. Oh, we don't know anyone like that, do we? It's uh, no, nobody. Um, Phil and I just got off from family vacation. About, from about dusk onward, you know, you're sitting around a campfire, you're making s'mores, um, you are going to have a really difficult time getting any good pictures of your kids in that situation with a kit lens because it's just going to be too dark. Mm -hmm. And if you try to compensate for that by leaving the shutter open a little bit longer and a little bit longer, we're talking, you know, the difference between a 30th of a second versus a 15th of a second, which is huge, or a 60th versus a 30th. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're in the 20th, 15th, 10th, you're basically taking a movie. Yeah. In a that lot of movement time. happens in that small amount of time. So you've really got to, you know, I, I try not to go below a 30th. And if I'm doing anything um, with any kind of motion, I'll go a 60th, a hundredth, a 200th or, or smaller or faster. Uh, but you know, at, at the campfire situation, if you try to get a good photo of your kid, you know, but, holding the marshmallow stick over the fire and you try to do that with a kit lens, it's either going to be too dark or it's just going to be 
really blurry. You know, or you're going to have, have that, that flash going to pop up and ruin the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which used to be me. Absolutely used to be me. And <laughs> well, then you've got, it's not, it's not dark anymore. Everybody's just bright white because of that flash. And then nobody can see for, and you get the red eye, like the, the red eye in people's yeah. eyes. And you got to fix that in afterwards. And it's, it's a but, mess. But if your camera, if you have a DSLR and this is a, a bit of a blanket statement, but if you have a DSLR and you're taking photos and that flash pops up, it's almost like a warning that says, Hey, you're doing something wrong because uh, <laughs> this photo is not going to turn out the way you think it is. And yeah. <laughs> by the camera springing up the flash, it's trying to say, Hey, like, uh, maybe reconsider what you're trying to do. <laughs> we don't here. have enough light <laughs> photographer. <laughs> you need to fix this. <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, it, it, as, as we're talking about this, um, there's, uh, when, when my son was, um, when he was born and I mentioned that pocket camera, we had that little Panasonic pocket camera, which we still have. Um, and I couldn't figure out why my photos weren't the same quality as others I saw online or things I would, like my friends would post on Facebook. And then my, my, I, I think I probably told this story on camera dads before my buddy Kevin came over and he showed me his Nikon D 200 camera with a 50 millimeter prime lens, which is a little tight for my taste. I, I was, I now shoot a little wider than that. Um, but Along with letting in a bunch of light, there's other benefits to a prime lens too. And again, I'm not saying a zoom lens is bad. In fact, I have, I think zoom lenses are great um, if you know why you're getting them. But when you can let in, uh, when you shoot with a wider aperture, then you you can experience this whole new world called shallow depth of field. <laughs> and that's when... I was waiting for you to bring up the word bokeh. Oh, it, it's on my notes. Yeah, I, think, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. <laughs> Shallow depth of field is that photo that you've seen a, a thousand times online where the, the kid or the flower or the car or the, the object is perfectly sharp and in focus, but the background is super nice and blurry. And it's just got this, this pro magazine cover style quality to it and you're shooting with your pocket camera you shoot with your mobile phone or something and you might be thinking there's some magic to this there's no yeah. way i can get that because my photos always have that little pop-up flash and my backgrounds don't get blurry like that well when you shoot with a wide aperture it's because of the the properties of light and the way light interacts with that wider opening that you can get your kid tack sharp and everything else super blurry and i'm to me this was like a revelation and i still have these early photos of my son uh where kevin came over to our house and he showed me with this prime lens and keep in mind up until then i was like you phil i was like i'm we want a camera i want a zoom lens because zoom lenses are great and kevin's like no no, no you want a prime and ryan my other friend who's helped me convince this he's like no you need a prime lens but you can't zoom so kevin comes over he takes a few pictures of my son and instantly I was hooked. I, I realized that this shooting with a wide aperture, suddenly we could get the types of photos I had never thought possible. And there was no magic to it. All you needed was a lens with a big old aperture and suddenly you can control 
depth of field and you can have a very shallow depth of field which results in a, a nice bokeh in your background <laughs> which is bokeh is just that term that means out of focus area and oh, hold me, on just a second yes uh oh yes speaking of dads okay go ahead having a technical difficulty with yeah, the child my son uh, just got out of bed i might i'm sorry listeners um i might have to help you a little bit here um, but anyway, yeah. If you have to, to, to bail, we can bail. Okay. But and so, uh, so for gonna... parents, for you, for any parents out there who who want to get better photos of their kid, and they're wondering why is the flash always up? Why can't I get the the shallow depth of field that I see in magazines and on Facebook? Get a prime lens, and it's gonna like you're gonna level up two or three levels, and you're gonna achievement unlock. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So anyway, if there's yeah. if you're if you're considering this and Here's something that we haven't talked about yet is the cost of this equipment of this gear. Um, a 35 millimeter prime lens is going to set you back about $200 mm -hmm. and a 55 millimeter prime lens, which is just, um, you know, a, a longer focal length. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that you're, you're the distance that you are going to be in focus with is going to be farther away than mm -hmm. with that 35. Mm -hmm. Um, those that's even more expensive, right? Two fifty or three hundred dollars. Um, yeah, it, and they it's it's something like that. Yeah, just it. Well, if you shoot, so it, it, I, I do want to pause for a second. It varies from camera to camera. Canon actually has a really good fifty millimeter lens for like one hundred and twenty five dollars, brand new. Okay, no idea. That's um, great. Canon also great. has a twenty four millimeter prime lens. Um, Nikon doesn't. Um, Nikon has a thirty five f one point eight. Canon's got a twenty four two point eight. But what you're saying is true in that a lot of these primes are about in that price range of like about $200 or so. So that's, for a lot of people, that's half the cost of the camera that you just bought. Yeah, man. You, know, you buy a DSLR for $350 or $400 on, on a good sale, and now you want me to go and spend two, dollars $300 more on a lens? So well, I know what you're saying. That was That's a scary step to take. You know, if, if you're doing just fine with your kit lens, like like I was or I thought I was when, you know, when I got started, um, would you say, like, I'm trying to think of a good way to maybe recommend taking that step without buying it. Um, one thing about DSLRs is that you can swap the lenses. So if you have a buddy or a family member that has either the same brand of camera that you do um, or has a lens that's compatible then you may just be able to borrow that. I used to work with a couple of uh, great photographers. Ben Hollingsworth was one of them. We had him on the show a couple mm -hmm. a couple months ago. Um, I think he shoots Canon. So, and I have yeah, Nikon, so I wasn't able to borrow his lenses. But that's a great scenario. Like, okay, hey, we work together and you're way better at photography than I am. I'm interested in this prime lens thing that I heard about on the greatest camera photography podcast in the world, <laughs> camera dads. And, but I don't want to spend $200. Can I borrow your lens? Like, can I bring my camera to work someday? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we'll, we'll go out in the parking lot and take some photos. And, that would be a fantastic way. And someone like Ben just to, is, to is feel it out. It, the, the, they're, they're probably going to be thrilled to do that because a lot of photographers like explaining things and, and, if you have a buddy like that, they're probably going to be thrilled that you're asking and want to know more. Hey there, and welcome to Camera Dads, episode number six, part two-ish. 
I'm Phil, and with me is Simon. And if you're hey wondering what happened, we had some technical difficulties. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Phil's internet died, and it wasn't his fault. They pulled the plug on my internet yeah. right in the middle of our show, towards the end of our show. So we've been trying to get things up and running again. And so here we are, dedicated to our massive fan base of exactly photographic fathers out there. So, <laughs> Simon, uh, when we got cut off last time, we were talking about um, some recommendations for different kinds of lenses. Mm -hmm. um, can you go ahead and, and sort of put off on, on what you were thinking about there? Yeah, so right as we left off, I was about to make a point that uh, my wife sort of made to me as we were, she and I were discussing this topic and some things that we might wanna, that I might wanna talk about. And she mentioned something that um, I, I don't often think about, which is, We've talked a lot in this episode about um, a lot of the different pros and cons uh, for prime lens versus zoom lens. And she made the point that a lot of this depends on the kinds of photos that you wanna take. And zoom lenses are great if you have older kids who are not close to you a lot of times, like they're, they're in sports or they're running around or they're, they're doing something where they're not necessarily close to you, like they're riding their bikes or they're in plays. Um, there, um, the, the smaller aperture that you get on a, on a zooming lens typically is okay. If you've got plenty of light and Phil, you've got like a 55 to 250 or 200, yeah, um, 55 to 200. And it's fine. If you've got plenty of light and the kids are, your, your kids are in, in soccer, I think, or in baseball. Is that right? Yeah. Um, uh, both actually. And we did, oh gosh, episode two or three, four or something like that was mm -hmm. on, on all about sports photography. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I use my zoom lens for, you know, almost almost primarily, exclusively is I mean, uh, is for sports photography. Soccer yeah, works great for that. Uh, baseball. It didn't work so well for basketball, and that was indoors. And that's a case. That's a case for the prime lens, or maybe a kit lens, because you're confined. Uh, you're you know you can't. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. You, you can't really get as uh, as wide as you need to mm -hmm. indoors in a small environment yeah, if you've got sure. a zoom lens. Mm -hmm. And they, so they do make these more... like 18 to 250 or 18 to 300 zoom lenses, but they're a little more expensive. Um, you're looking at $500 for one of those. Um, you can get like an 18 to 200, but um, you're going to have some trade-offs in that as well. But I, I, you're exactly right, Phil. Um if you're, depending on the different situation that you're in, a zoom lens is fine. And if you're looking at a prime lens, like a 50 millimeter prime or a wider one, like a 24 mil or something like that, it, they can be cheap, but they can be pretty darn expensive too. And it, the prime is not always worth the trade-off. I recommend primes because they're a good all around lens. But if you have your, uh, if you find yourself in situations with your kids where it's difficult for you to walk closer to them they always the, the there's a saying zoom with your feet when you're shooting primes but you can't always do that so then a zoom is great and honestly um we mentioned before we got cut off on the last on part a that uh your friend from work ben um he uh he talked a lot in his his sports episode and in, in the sports episode he was on about some of the gear he uses he's got a a, a really nice zoom lens, a 70 to 200 zoom lens, f 2.8. So you can use that indoors. And I have that same lens too. 
But man, is that thing heavy. And it's a huge trade-off. Um, and there, there's always these trade-offs. And honestly, if I was to make a recommendation, it's always a 35 millimeter prime. But after that, um, I think it's a good idea to get yourself a kit lens or one of these like all-in-one 18 to, to 250 or 55 to 200 zoom lenses. I think there's a lot of use for that. Let me throw a question at you. Hit me. What is, why does a camera come with a kit lens 18 to 55? You know, that's extremely common. Mm-hmm. And that lens, you know, is that going to cover the majority of the bases for people getting started? Is that why that that lens comes with as opposed to, um, you know, even a low end, low end by price, I mean, uh, prime lens, so, like a 35 or 55 prime. So the answer to that, um, prior to like the mid 80s, there wasn't really such a thing as a consumer grade zoom lens. All cameras came with a 50, about a 50 millimeter prime lens. Um, and it, it varied from camera to camera, but you go out and you buy a, a Nikon F3 or something like that, a film camera, and it would just come with a prime lens. And when zoom lenses started to be a little more practical, especially once autofocus was invented in the, the late 80s on consumer models, uh, you, you started to get these, these um, zooms where you had this, this range, like 18 to 55-ish, and people started to be attracted to that simply because you could zoom in and out. And I think they've kind of stuck with that because modern cameras are so good at dealing with the limitations of the smaller aperture that you get in a kit lens. ISOs can be raised much higher today than they could in past years. And that's one way to combat the small aperture is you raise the ISO. Well, that usually ends up with photos with a lot of noise and they look muddy, but not as much anymore because cameras are so good. Yeah. So I think the, the kit lens, the 18 to 55 kit lens, it does a good job covering a variety of situations, but you, you lose out on that large aperture. And I think a lot of people get a kit lens, they get a camera with a kit lens and then they, they get frustrated because their photos aren't transformed the way they thought they might be. Uh, because you have that smaller aperture. So you don't get this shallow depth of field. You don't get the blurry backgrounds and you have to use that flash a lot. But yeah, I can vouch for that myself because when I upgraded to a DSLR and it came with the kit lens, um, let's see, it came with a kit lens and it was a package deal that also came with the 55 to 200. Okay. Um, And that my photos weren't automatically so much better, you know, like yeah. the ones you were taking, you being sort of my photographic mentor, <laughs> they weren't pictures that you would get. And that's because I wasn't using the equipment that you were using. And I, I talked about earlier on the show how I, I was very surprised and very happy with how well I did with my kit lens on our vacation. I was too. A couple of weeks ago. I thought you did a fantastic uh, was, job with that kit lens. Thank you. I, very happy with the way that turned out. Um, so I definitely still use it. It's not like I put it on a shelf and just exclusively go with the, the prime unless I'm at a sporting event. You know, I it's, I guess it kind of depends on my mood mm-hmm. or what's going on. I mean, before, before um, actually two days ago, we just had my daughter's first birthday. And 
So I couldn't talk about this on the other show on the first half. It had <laughs> so you yet. planned this all along. <laughs> oh, yeah. I pulled the plug just to get this in there. Um, and I haven't gone through those photos yet, but I probably got a couple hundred photos. And I had the prime lens on all day because I didn't want to mess with anything. Mm, yeah, I knew sure. that I was going to have the good light. Um, I can just get down at her level because she's she's walking around and, you know, so she's carrying whatever cups and plates and whatever babies are doing. And, and uh, I just took pictures of everything with that prime lens all day long. And I didn't once think, man, I wish I had my kit lens on here. So it just really depends. For me, it depends on the situation. And sometimes just my, the decision I make at the time, like, all right, I'm going to go on this thing. I'm going to take the prime with me this time. Just to see. Phil, that's a great point. And I think as we kind of close out this whole episode, this two-part episode, um, I think that that what you just said is sort of a good way to, to summarize a lot of the things we've been making is a, there is no one answer and it, it it just sort of depends on the situation and your subject and your goals and for me it's getting the experience of using different lenses and different cameras over time and I, I think it's good to have a kit lens it's good to have a prime lens it's good to have a zooming lens um, but what you're saying about knowing what you want to use and knowing when to use it. I think that's really important. And honestly, I think that only comes with a lot of experience. So if, if someone is, is looking for a lens to buy right now, um, I mean, you could get a kit lens, you get a prime lens, like we've, we've talked about, but the important thing is to use it no matter what it is, just use it and learn about apertures, learn about shutter speed and ISO. And then over time, you'll find yourself, more comfortable with deciding what your next lens should be or maybe how to use your the lens you currently have more effectively yeah i I couldn't agree more i think that's spot on i i credit you for all the wisdom here phil yeah me too (laughs) um all right do you have anything on what we are going to talk about next time i do indeed um our next topic is going to be called the early days and that's where phil and i are going to talk about um the 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 way we got involved in photography which you know we've sort of mentioned in passing here and there throughout these past several episodes um but there was a time for both of us that we realized that mobile phones pocket cameras weren't quite cutting it and we wanted something more because our kids were it, it was sort of our early days of digital of serious digital photography and our kids' early days of life here on earth so we're going to talk a little bit about the camera gear that we bought to help us get better pictures and uh, also talk about the experience of what it was like to document those first few weeks of our kids' lives. So we'll talk about some techniques that we found useful and how our shooting styles changed over the, the years since our kids have been born. So if you've got a newborn or expecting a newborn, hopefully the next podcast will be interesting to you. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that one. Me too. I'm so. looking forward to your internet not dying, which was not hey. your fault. Just so our listeners are clear. The internet Goodness got no. shut off for like a thousand people in Lincoln where you live because of some mess with the ISP. So Some bureaucratic corporate takeover of the little guys. That's right. Yeah. So, But we're all good. We're good now. So anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Simon, for, you know, uh, meeting up for this sort of closing 
Hey, thank you, Phil. Closing session here. Yeah. Listeners, um, you might not realize it, but Phil has so much going on right now between birthdays and visitors from out of town, more visitors from out of town, another set of visitors from out of town, all within like a week. And there's, I'm amazed, <laughs> Phil, that you were able to find time to finish up this podcast. So thank you. Yeah, I, I know what's important in life. <laughs> Podcasting. All right. Podcasting. Yeah. All Thanks, right. Everybody. Well, you know, thank you. Thank you. And uh, for, for everybody out there who's, who's playing along, um, you know, we encourage you to, Leave your thoughts on this episode, questions that you have about what we talked about, or uh, any comments on what we're going to be talking about next time with that sort of getting started uh, our early days in all of this. Um, you can find us at cameradads.com. We're uh, facebook.com slash cameradads, I believe. And you can find uh, the podcast stuff there. You can find the episode on cameradads.com. Uh, go to youtube.com and look for cameradads there and watch the videos. Uh, of the podcast and leave comments there and uh, we will read your stuff on the air and, you know, reply to you and have a great discussion. So sweet. Thanks for playing along and, and listening and it's been a good time. So, right. okay. We'll see you later. All right. All right. Good night.